John, it's like going back into our distant past. We've we've got someone who's come on the show to speak to us today. It's like I feel it's. Uh, I know. I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> Did he did he show up to the studios in a black car? Uh, yeah, um, he he did with a whole entourage, uh, and and he's only eating blue M and M's and um, certain Vietnamese vodka. <laughs> he's gone now. Distilled from the tears of a generation. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, but he's gone now, and Drew's popped in instead. So. <laughs> <laughs> So welcome to the show, Mr. Drew McCormack. Yay! Uh, thanks, thanks for having me, guys. It's great for you to be here. It's, a, it's been a, a long, great, great welcome. It's been a long time since we've had anybody to abuse, so um, expect the worst. <laughs> exactly. So we're going to talk about ensembles today, but before we do that, I think it would be pretty remiss not to uh, at least talk about WatchKit for a moment and... Um, see what people's initial impression is uh it's um for, for me it's pretty much as i expected it's uh probably far more limited than it's going to end up being in a generation or two's time um it to me is definitely sort of affirming the watch as an add-on to your iphone and pretty useless without it, it is that what you felt i would say that yeah i mean i think there's there's certainly plenty of apps you can use to that you know, can can use the watches as 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 they say, kind of your remote screen, your remote sensor, your remote kind of notification service. So, I mean, I think I think it's going to be fun. I think it, they they certainly learned their lesson from the the first rollout of of the idea of apps on 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 an eye device. Um, so better to take it slow and steady, and, and make sure that the battery issues are worked out and whatever other issues. So, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, I thought I thought it was quite interesting because before the announcement, I was expecting something a little bit like UI Kit, but then scaled down. And what we actually got was more akin to like a web browser. Really, it was um, everything runs on the iPhone, and it just sends across the user interface, a bit like a web browser. So it's um, it's like stepping back and where the iPhone is now like a web server, and the and the the uh, Apple Watch is like a a web browser. It, so yeah, that was a that was unexpected. X windows for your wrist. Yeah, <laughs> John, you should be a marketer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, do you think this is the way it's going to stay, or do you think? Um, I mean, we have some information, or is this like okay? We we understand that we have to say from day one we're doing an SDK. We're not going to make the the same mistake we did with the iPhone. However. The reality is we still are a bit more like the iPhone in actually that we've only got a, an HTML interface or whatever it might be type of thing. Um, that's not quite true, but you know what I mean. Um, and so we're going to sort of wrap this up to look good uh, as part of a progression. I think that that sounds about right. I mean, it, 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 it may very well be that you know that hardware seems to run on long times and and i can only imagine the levels of sacrifice that have to be made to to balance battery life in particular if you think it was hard to make it work for an iphone uh, think about how hard it is to do it for a watch that's my guess and that maybe they they you know they they know that the first generation is going to have 
far more limited battery life than than generation two when they perfect something else i mean i I vaguely read about battery breakthroughs you know every now and then and i think that that's probably the biggest issue that you just can't have something that's going to you know apple i'm sure is is able to take enormous pains to make sure that every app that they work on or every every kind of uh you know, process that's running on the watches is as hyper efficient as can be, and I just don't think that they're willing and able to take the risk that some full blown application goes on the thing and drains the battery in half a minute. You can kind of, you know, you have certain expectations with the watch that you don't don't that that you can't have with a phone. Yeah, and I guess there was speculation back when the watch was announced about would. Um, the SDK be Swift only. Um, I guess now looking, it, it is not, it's Objective-C and Swift. I guess looking back though, you know, that makes sense because, you know, Swift was only announced in uh, Dub back in June, so what's that, five months ago. Um, apparently at the time it was announced, there really were sort of not a lot of people in Apple who knew about it. This watch has been in development a lot longer than that, so it's probably, if anything... Swift has had to play catch up on the watch, and um, you know the Objective C was always the prime SDK to start with. I would agree with that as well, Mister Drew. What do you think? <laughs> well, uh, actually, what, coming back to what Scotty was saying before, I think it's quite interesting. He was saying that um, actually that the watch is taking a different route, but to the iPhone, but actually. In, from my perspective, they're taking a very similar route because they started the iPhone off with, uh, with as a browser, basically, as HTML apps. And with the watch, they're doing basically the same thing, except they're not calling it HTML. They're calling it uh, something else, you know, like, uh, what is it, WK interface, uh, something. Every class starts with WK interface. Um, but basically, it's the same concept, right, that you're serving up pages to a device. And so I think... I think it'll take a very similar path to the iPhone in a couple of years or in a year we'll see you'll be able to actually run code on the on the on the watch and um and from there it'll go on but yeah it, it does come back to battery life and performance I think that's the thing they're waiting for Yeah I think well, uh, I mean I I I, I was just saying badly. I think they are actually technically taking a very similar approach. They're presenting it in a very different way. I think they're presenting that here's the beginning. Yeah. Here's the beginning, and there will be more. Whereas when the iPhone came along, they presented this is it, guys, and you don't need anything else, which they very right. soon realised wasn't <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, from a, from a marketing perspective, they're doing it better. I think <laughs> technically, you're right. They're, they're doing it in a very similar way. Anyway, yeah. I think um, is, have either of you downloaded it and played with it? No, I was too busy shipping yesterday. Yeah, I haven't. I just looked, I watched the video that they put out. The video sort of gives you a good idea of how it works, but no, haven't downloaded it yet. No, same here. So I think we've all now um, spoken to the level of our incompetence, and um, we have no further knowledge. We can move on. <laughs> so there we are. <laughs> So, Drew, you're here to talk about Ensembles because um, you've recently released uh, Ensembles 2. But um, before we do that, why don't you just um, uh, tell people who may not have heard what Ensembles is? Okay, uh, yeah, Ensembles is basically it's a sync framework for core data. So um, you're probably thinking that we've already got a sync framework for core data. That's what Apple makes. But... Um, it's this is a an open source third party sync framework and it works with lots of different backends so not just with iCloud but it also works with Dropbox 
with web dev, with uh, even with multi-peer connectivity, so you can even do a full peer-to-peer client. So um, yeah, that's what it is. It's a s- syncing for core data. Syncing that won't sync. <laughs> you guys going to say you need a tagline like something like you know syncing that actually works. <laughs> <laughs> well, my tagline is "sync different." Oh, oh no! I did not know about the peer-to-peer option. That's very interesting. How long has that been in there? Is that new, or is that? Ah, uh, yeah, that's that's only a few months old. Um, in in theory, it's always been a possibility um, because because of the way the framework's been designed. It really is a peer-to-peer type sync. It. Uh, it's it's it basically all the work is done on the clients and the clients just communicate through files. So uh, basically, any file handling backend can be used, and that means that it's it's effectively peer to peer, even though that a server might be involved in transferring the files. Ah, so so you, you're and then I, I take it that you're only going to worry about the syncing that's up to the developer to 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 deal with the actual network connectivity peer to peer. Uh, no, there were, well, I actually now a couple of months ago introduced a, a real backend. Like th- th- you have to write a, a class to support a backend, um, like Dropbox or iCloud. So if you write that class, then you can use that backend. And I've I've added the multi-peer connectivity backend, so anyone who wants to do that can do that uh, now easily. Before that, you would have had to write your own class. That would have taken a bit more work. Ah, stunning. Okay, so let's um, you. Uh, released ensembles one uh, sort of early in 2014. Um, you did a presentation on that. I think was it just just a. I think it was the day you released it or made it 1.0. Right. Um, at NS Conference six uh, in, in March. We'll put a link to the video in the show notes. Um, so you recently released ensembles two. I can't quite remember. Uh, how long ago but it's not that long ago as we record this in november 2014 um so what's the difference between ensembles one and ensembles two what's the what's the uh, improvements and the changes that you've made Uh, most of the improvements are actually internal so uh, the api is very similar in fact it's i'm pretty sure that ensembles one is still a drop-in well, Ensembles 2 is a, re- a drop-in replacement for Ensembles 1. So if you've got an Ensembles 1 app, uh, in theory, you can just drop in Ensembles 2 and it will actually work out of the box. So the API didn't change. What did change enormously was the internals of the of the project. With Ensembles 1, I was just trying to get something that would work, uh, that actually did what it, what it said on the box. And uh, I got to that stage, but I, I sort of... Um, it was, I didn't pay much attention to performance. I didn't pay much attention to memory use, things like that. It was just designed to work to make sure that it actually would sync. And after I released Ensemble 1, I went back and I went through the whole framework and basically rewrote large parts of it to be very efficient with memory, to give also a few extra options in terms of controlling memory usage. Sometimes it has to import a whole store, for example, a whole persistent store, and that can be that can be very big. So um, if you've got a lot of data, you've got now options in Ensembles 2 to split that up into batches so that it's not loading everything into memory and then, and then uh, you know, on an iPhone that could cause a crash, for example. So yeah, but Ensembles 2 was very much about performance, about um, you know memory memory usage, and in addition to that, there's there's some nice smaller features like uh, you can now monitor the progress of a sync, for example. You can see more in more detail what's happening. 
Um, and of course, these backends I've mentioned, things like multi-peer connectivity, web dev. Um, I've just added the Dropbox Sync API as a backend, and I've also added CloudKit as a backend. So all of these are in Ensembles 2. So uh, Ensembles 1 was an open source project, and um, I remember having conversations with you at the time just before releasing about how you could uh, finance this. And I think with Ensembles 1, you could have paid support, if I I'm, if I'm remember correctly. Um, yeah, that's right. You've released Ensembles 2 as a paid-for product. Um, do you mind going into sort of what uh, led you to the change? Was it some, some experience from Ensembles 1 or you just had a different thought about it? So um, yeah, I'm sure you're probably getting a few emails from people. Uh, so do you want just to just explain your thinking behind that? Yeah, sure. Actually, it wasn't actually uh, something that was spontaneous. I, I had thought about it a lot already and, I, and actually it was pretty much always the plan to have to release Ensembles 1 as an open source project. Um, that, that, that people could use. And then um, very quickly, within three or four months, try to release Ensembles 2 and make that a sort of a pro version of Ensembles 1. Um, and this was just to give more incentive to, to buy a license, basically, because before that, you could, you could have the code for free and the license was simply for support. Um, and now if you buy a license, you get the support and you get Ensembles 2 as well. And Ensembles 2 is still, um, let's not, it's not open source in the sense that there's no open source license attached to it. Uh, it's commercial software, but you can have the source. You can, you can, you can buy a license which includes the source code. So that, that means if I, if something happens to me, you've at least got the source code and uh, you can keep syncing. So it actually was kind of a, a long-term plan or, or uh, really to release Ensembles 1 fully open source Ensembles 2 as sort of like a pro upgrade. And um, it wasn't anything in particular that happened that, that triggered me to do that. It was just uh, I thought that would have, have more success in the long term, encourage more people to buy a license. So how has that gone down so far? Yeah, well, I mean, you... It, it's it's gone down pretty well, really. There's no one that sort of uh, you know called me up and, and and started calling me names or anything like that. There, there hasn't been any outrage outrage or anything like that. Ensembles One was open source. It still is open source. It's still supported. Uh, I'm still maintaining it. If there's a bug, then I fix it. So um, you know that's still free for everyone to try and use a lot of people actually still shipping that in their in their in their apps so it's it's very usable ensembles 1 uh, it's very usable for many apps um, ensembles 2 is for more you know if you've got more more data or you you've just got you just want the absolute latest thing then ensembles 2 is an option so yeah in terms of in terms of sales that's going it's going well actually going better than i ever anticipated uh, not that I, not that i can live off or anything it's not it was never designed to be uh, you know my my um, my you know, the, the the main part of my my uh, income or anything like that, but it has actually generated quite a bit of extra income. Um, so that's been that's been good actually more than I thought because it's, it's kind of an experimental project. It was a, you know not trying to sell open source is not something you see very often on the on the Apple platforms. So it was a bit of an experiment to begin with, and uh, it's gone pretty well. Are are you the only one who's working on the, the the code aspect of it, or do you have other people that you can now afford to bring on, or or is that necessary? Um, no, I'm basically the the, the only the, the major developer. There, there have been a few contributions. Mm -hmm. 
like the multi-peer connectivity that began as a contribution. Um, but I, yeah, I, I usually, I, I vet everything that comes in. I'm a bit like, uh, is it Linus? From, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I check everything. I, I don't accept a pull request just, just straight away. I, I have to check it out myself. And uh, so, yeah, I, I have accepted a few contributions, but mostly most of the things are done by me. Nice. So, um, are you going to now that Ensembles Two is a sold product, probably has to be seen as your main product? Are you going to allow the community to be a bit more open in in what it does to Ensembles One and the way it hacks away at it, or are you still going to keep putting some code into Ensembles One as well, or is, is Ensembles One is an open source thing now with the community they can do what they like with it, but you're done? Um, yeah, I mean. I'm not actively developing Ensembles One anymore. What I do do is, is if there's a if there's a bug that's discovered, uh, I, I certainly fix it. So it's it's maintained, but I'm not extending it. Um, the idea is to sort of I think uh, I think Open Office used to have this same sort of approach where they have the the next version is sort of paid and the, and the last version is is free. So that that's kind of the model I'm I'm, I'm looking at having Ensembles One open source Ensembles Two. Uh, only with commercial licenses, and if there's ever an Ensembles three, then I, I, I'm guessing that Ensembles two would would become open source. So that's sort of like there's, there'll always be a two tiered approach. I think uh, that's a way to encourage people to try it, but also uh, consider upgrading and paying. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the model you've chosen to to sell this, because I am anyone who listens to the show knows that I am. Uh, fairly interested on how you sell things to developers, um, and it's quite hard, I think, at times. Um, I, I personally, I don't think anybody um, will be surprised to know that I, I think free software is pretty unsustainable. Um, a lot of open source projects are begun and then they they uh, they die for different reasons. Um, often, actually, you find a lot of open source projects are, are started by pretty young people, and then they suddenly find there are other things in life. <laughs> <laughs> like like a, um, a partner jobs or, at Apple. or there's a job or yeah um, or family exactly and then they, they sort of go so yeah you know for me it's not just the fact there's something open source I find it quite difficult to justify um, putting something as core as sync or, or a database or something into my product where I think that the the motivation of the people maintaining especially if it's a very what i call closed open source whereas one person decides all the updates the you know, the the the, uh, the dictator model um you know mm. to put your app in but based on that i think is quite dangerous now as soon as they're charging me for it and there's an income behind it and there's a motivation to keep this going yeah of course it's never as guaranteed but you're not as guaranteed with any product you purchase uh, but the thing actually to me becomes more attractive yet yeah, lots of developers seem to scream at things not in there so i noticed you're saying you can get the binaries and the documentation for 179 bucks which seems you know that seems very um uh, that's a royalty-free license i'm assuming once you've got it you can stick it in as many apps as you like yeah 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 um and then you can have another one the next one up is 299 and that's when you can get the source code and you get support with that mm-hmm. um, i noticed mm-hmm. you said that that's only for companies with up to five employees so is this the basis that you sell it to a company and then all their developers can use it as long as they've got less than five employees or five developers how's that working yeah, the idea was just that you could buy you buy a, a license for your company, and uh, if there's yeah up to five people, and then the whole company, all the company's apps can be can be uh, 
using that. So most of my customers are basically uh, small companies. So I haven't had any, I haven't had huge companies contacting me or anything. And I, I didn't really expect that because I don't expect them to use Core Data Sync either. So, um, yeah, so my customers are mostly uh, indies, I guess you would say, or people with, with uh, you know, solo developers or small teams that uh, have an app. And so, yeah, for the idea is to try to, to encourage them to buy the three hundred dollar license, basically, because that's the um, that includes the source code and and support, and those are yearly licenses as well. So um, yearly packages, I guess. Um, you can keep the source code after that and keep using it, but if you want updates, you have to uh, you have to pay an upgrade. But it's it's, so, so it's, um, so it's an annual license, which um, seems to be becoming a, yeah. a pop. It's the model we had when I was at Rem Objects. It's the model I know that JetBrains use for their app code products and all their products. Actually, you pay an annual maintenance fee. Um, and then, right. but the point is, what you're doing here that is different is this is a a one off license for the company. It's not a pro developer license. So if you've got five developers, it's still only two ninety nine. It's not going to be you know fifteen hundred bucks, whatever it be. Yeah, that's true. I, I think it's got to do with with um, you know with 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 the sort of customers that I've got. I I, I don't think that a lot of the, my customers would would pay thousands of dollars a year for uh, for just just for the sync component. Do you know what I mean? It's um, these are not huge multi you know huge companies or even 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 medium sized companies. A lot of them are very small. You know, they're just people that are making an app in their spare time or or uh, you know or. Um, or, they, or they've got a, bunch, you know, a whole bunch of apps, but they, they're just working as a solo developer, and they don't. Some people even say, you know, three hundred dollars is a bit too much for me. You know what I mean? Um, so um, I don't think I'm giving up a lot by not by not charging every developer. I don't think there would be many cases where where someone would, you know, with five people would say, okay, we'll buy one for every single developer. Um, I could be wrong, but you know, uh, yeah, it's a it's a fine line that you sort of. Do you, do you, do you, yeah, how much do you charge? You charge <laughs> too much, and then nobody buys it, or do you charge too little, and then you haven't got enough income? So I've tried to, you know, with this tiered, this tiered pricing of of one seventy nine, three hundred, and then one thousand, I've tried to uh, sort of bigger companies hopefully pay pay a bit more, and um, you know, the smaller smaller indies they can they can pay like three hundred dollars or. 179 even i think almost, it's, it's very reasonable sorry john uh, so i i was i was going to starkly say almost sounds like european socialism but i won't <laughs> no but i think it, i think it's awesome I, I really do i mean i think that that you make it possible for people who if they're at all reasonable should should fork over what is a, an amount of money that's not even close to the amount of time it would take for them to do it and which kind of brings up my 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 other question you know you built this because you kind of had to for your own product, correct? Yes, right. And so do you, exactly. so do you think that that it would have been possible for you to 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 make it work at the level that it, that it does because obviously it does work um, uh, without the the idea that you were going to get some additional kind of uh, support for it? because this is one of those cases where you know sync is hugely important for some apps for some apps you just simply can't do it for others it's it's a it's a great addition that that spurs further sales um, and and I, I'm I'm wondering it's kind of for for your apps it was kind of you know uh, like mental case for example i'm, I'm going to guess that it's yeah. something that it, it really adds to it but you you could ship mental case as here's this great app and it's your personal app and and, and you could you could almost possibly get away for it so was was it a very was it a, yeah. a thoughtful calculation on your part or you just kind of thought to yourself if it's worth doing it's worth doing it in a sustainable manner 
Yeah, even though mental case is certainly an app that could could be uh, shipped without sync. The problem I had was that I had I already had sync. I already mental case is actually not is quite an old app. It come, I, I first wrote it in two thousand and five, I think. Um, and the trouble is, it's from a previous era. It's from the old digital hub era, mm. and the problem I had was that I had a nice, a very nice sync. It was. It was a Wi-Fi sync. You had to be in the same, you know, you had to turn your Mac on and you had to, just like the old Palm Pilots and the iPods, you would turn your Mac on, you would turn your iPhone on and they would find each other with Bonjour and then they would sync up. And that was for, for years the way people did it and it worked quite well. And then, of course, cloud, the cloud came along and everyone starts asking for cloud sync. You know, why doesn't this thing sync from, for your Dropbox, for example, or... Uh, Whatever and 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 then Apple came came out with uh, iCloud and I thought oh well this is this is a great opportunity for me to move mental case to the cloud and of course we all know how that ended up uh, <laughs> there was several years of my life lost there uh, but <laughs> does it actually work which led eventually does iCloud sync actually uh, work I've, I've, I've heard I've heard from 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 people that it's a lot better so I think I think it does. It does work okay now, but uh, it's still a black box, and it's still—I have heard of—it still has occasional issues. And when when there are issues, you of course you don't know how to fix them or what to do to fix them because it's a black box. So that's that's one of the reasons uh, Ensembles is open source. At least at least you can see what's happening, and if there is a problem, uh, hopefully someone can fix it. But yeah, so that that was. Uh, yeah, even though Mental Case is in theory an app that could be without sync, it wasn't really a practical solution uh, option for me because I already had sync. I could I could either stick with the digital hub model and look like a dinosaur, or try to move to cloud syncing, and uh, and that was really a yeah the, the old the old bag of hurt. Um, and it has been yeah, it's been a big problem for me. But so that and that's what led eventually to ensemble. So if I had an, if I had a, a way out, then I probably would have taken it. But I didn't really have a way out. I had to get syncing working via the cloud. So you kind of performed the service of, of solving the problem you wish somebody had solved for you, and you find a way. Yeah, to- well, I, I, exactly. In, two, in in what is it, two thousand and nine or whatever, when Apple was it 2010, Apple said, here's iCloud. I thought, oh, yeah, someone has solved the problem for me. Uh, (laughs) That was the... I think not. I I don't think, I don't think that I was the only one either. I think there was a lot of, a lot of people in the room that thought, oh, great, we've got a, we've got a solution for cloud sync. And um, that just wasn't, wasn't the case, unfortunately. Now we do. (laughs) And people I know who are using it... um, (laughs) I'm very, very pleased with it. Now, I don't know if you listen to the show normally, draw or not. You don't have to answer that. Um, it's But myself and John have spoken several times over the last number of months about how um, writing a book to go with your product or to go with your framework is, seems to be coming, um, for some people, quite a popular way of them raising some income uh, around mm-hmm. uh, around it. And I noticed that you've part of the packages, and if you buy any of the packages, you get the book. And I think you can buy the book separately. Is that right? Um, yeah, that's right. Called, yeah. called Data Synchronization with Ensembles by Drew McCormack, interestingly enough. Um, so uh, what's your idea? We haven't spoken to any of the book authors. So what's, what was your idea behind the book? Because you have class documentation for it. So is the book yeah. a way of financing the writing of tutorials, which are, take so darn long to write? 
Yeah, I mean, the, the whole project in terms of selling and the commercial aspects of the whole project is really being one big experiment and just trying to figure out if there's ways to make uh, to, to give to give you know to be able to make a, an open source product that also generates some income. And so one of the first ideas I had was the classic uh, sell the documentation. You know, that's a pretty standard way in open source community of of trying to generate some income. Um, so I thought, yeah, I'll write a I'll write a book on LeanPub. LeanPub works really nicely. You just write everything in Markdown, and it it generates the book for you. Um, so I, I started that, and it's it's still in beta. It's not. I don't know if it'll ever actually be fully finished, but it's very useful already. It's it's probably seventy five percent finished. Um, and yeah, sync is a hard. Why yeah? Why do you need a book instead of just the Xcode documentation? Sync is a it's a complex problem, and it, it, even though Ensembles uh, makes it fairly simple, at least to, to get started, you can have your app syncing in a couple of hours. Uh, there are lots and lots of little corner cases and things uh, which you have to consider how how your model is set up, what's going to happen if. Uh, a particular relationship in your model is changed on two devices at the same time. What's going to happen then when that syncs up? How are you going to manage that? And Ensembles gives you all the hooks, um, but of course you have to know what to do with those hooks. And so that's what the, really the book is about. You can think of the book as sort of like a, Apple releases these programming guides, uh, you know, the core data programming guide, I think, or whatever they whatever they call it. But they're usually about 100 pages long and they sort of uh, high-level... Uh, look at the the framework, and that's kind of what I was aiming for—something that sort of um, would show you the basics, but also dig deep into the, some topics and th things to be careful of, things to worry about, and stuff like that. So, uh, could you come up with one tweet length or less description of why you were able to solve the problem that that and, and get things working? And, and, and it, it's not actually a facetious uh, question because I remember there was some post on I don't know whether it's Reddit or or Slashdot or whatever, some famous essay that said, "You know what? Syncing just is not possible. There's no way." Um, and so, I mean, for, now that you've had the experience of doing it, was it more that, that the, the the algorithms, or was I mean, because I I have to imagine that the, the the sheer code part of it was not the hardest problem, or am I totally off base? No, you're not. You're not off off base. In some ways, that's that is true. Syncing, uh, automatic syncing is not possible. And uh, Ensembles does not really do – well, Ensembles will sync automatically as long as nothing happens concurrently. So if, if, as long as you don't make changes on two devices at the same time, it will all be automatic. It will simply take the changes you make on one device and apply them on the other device. So that, that can be done automatically. What can't be done automatically is, is conflicts. So uh, if someone changes something on one device and changes the same thing on another device, there's no automatic way – to figure out what should happen there. That, that's not really uh, something you can a automate. So uh, we d with ensembles, I didn't even try to do that. I just, I, simply have, I just simply have hooks. I have delegate methods that get called and say, look, uh, you know, th this is the state of the, of the, the object graph. Um, do you want to make some changes before I try to commit this? And, or um, this is the state of the object graph and it just failed to save. I couldn't save it because there was validation issues. Can you fix it? Basically, it's a repair, sort of like a try it and, and and a repair sort of model. You can you can you can repair repair things. So I didn't even try to make it so that it would automatically make everything valid. It just 
I just pass it back to the developer and say, look, this is invalid. It's not saving. Can you fix it? Mm. So, I mean, I remember with, with address book, the first time I ever saw a conflict, and I thought that they, they, they did a pretty good job of like saying, yeah, here's the conflict. Here's a very nice way of presenting. A human being can make this decision very, very quickly. Software kind of blindly never can. And, and do you think that was one of the, the things about just saying, you know, don't try to don't try to do it. Focus more on 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 allowing a, a user to, to quickly make the decision. Oh, when I, when I say I pass it back to the user, I, I, I mean, I'm, I mean, mean actually the developer. No, the, the, I no that, the, that, that I understand. But then, then what I'm presuming is that if you say this is the, the approach we're going to take, what you want to do is like here, yeah. here's a common scenario. Somebody may have started something on their iPad and then they, they didn't quite finish it and they know that so that they can answer, yeah, absolutely take the one that's here because I know, you know, this is when I sat down to do it. In other words, it's re- relying on a very fa- a decision that can be made very, very quickly and satisfactorily by a human being and so that mm-hmm. you as the, the software developer, you're basically providing the delegate methods and in your documentation and your book, you know, saying, here's our approach. This is this is what in our experience, our real world experience is, is the right way to do it. Right. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, that sort of conflict resolution where the, the, the user is asked to choose between two options, that can really only take place if you've got a very high level um, sort of document based uh, approach where, you know, the user can choose between two documents, for example, uh, like in pages or where, yeah, you just got two documents and they've made changes in both and they can say, okay, I want to keep this one. Um, the trouble with ensembles uh, or in, in general with any sort of database merging, uh, any sort of database syncing is that the, these sort of conflicts can happen at every level of the database, every in every single table. So, um, you know, it, what happens when you've got two two one relationships so imagine you've got a, a two one relationship um, and then another and and you change that two one relationship on two devices you're going to end up with one object that's an orphan basically an object that doesn't have a relationship and what do you do with that object do you delete the object do you uh, try to connect it to something else uh, only only the person writing the app can really know that uh, what should happen there so that's why on doesn't it doesn't even try to fix that they it simply simply says, uh, yeah, here's the object graph. Try to f- if you, you make some changes to fix it, and I'll record the changes and make sure that, that they're replayed on the other devices. Mm. Scotty, back. Yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm still here. Don't worry. I was uh, just letting uh, no. you two have your nice chat. No, no, I was saying that, that that satisfied my questions. I was saying, Scotty, back to you. Oh, I see. There we but are. then you Don't screwed we, it up by entering. We really should work out how to do this sort of podcast radio stuff sometime and then maybe do it in a public way. Oh. There we are. So what what next? for? Um, you said if there, if there ever is an Ensembles 3, that sounds like, um, is this really Ensembles <laughs> going to be driven by the fact that what you see the need for within uh, mental case and, and your other software or do you have a um yeah, is this going to be a sort of a scratch your own itch project with anyone else who would like to benefit from it can or is this now about examining every edge case every feature that everybody in the world might want and, and, and eventually get into ensemble seven or eight which has that in uh yeah that's a good question i do, i i doubt that it i'm i It'll ever get to Ensemble Seven or Eight, but I th- I think it's a long lived. It's going to be a long lived project, but I don't think I'm going to push it uh, as hard as I have been. I've been pushing it hard because it, I need you know it needed to get to a certain level to be useful. But I think it's it's pretty much got to that level now, and I I, I don't want to you know 
uh, I don't want feature creep. I don't want to ruin the API because at the moment it's quite simple and elegant, I think. And um, I don't want to crowd the API too much with, uh, with, with complexities. So I'm quite happy with where it's at. And I am adding, of course, new backends as, as they come along. Uh, there's still plenty of uh, different things I could add there, things like pass.com. And um, yeah, I mean, there's just anything that can store files can basically be a backend. Um, someone asked for Google Drive the other day. So that might be a possibility as well. But yeah, so, so there are, there are, that that can always be done. A back a new back end. Uh, that's that's just one more class, and that can be added on. Uh, but in terms of the actual uh, framework itself, it's it's going to be a question of, of mostly just uh, bug fixing and maintaining. And um, and I'll be using I'm dog fooding the product, of course. So I'm dog fooding the framework. So if there are problems, I I usually come across them as well. So I, I fix them very quickly. So um, yeah, I don't expect Ensembles three to be released for a while and Ensembles 2 was really quick and some people made made, made sort of the light of that <laughs> but uh Ensembles 3 is probably yeah it's there's no plans for it as as of as of yet i guess i'd have to wait wait a while and see if there was uh, an obvious need for change but at this stage i'm i'm pretty happy with what what i've got cool well i think um unless there's something we haven't asked that you think we really should have asked um, um, no, I don't think so. I think I think that that pretty much covers it. Um, Did we forget to ask you what you had for breakfast this morning? <laughs> what, what does a, what does a man who makes who solves sink have for breakfast? Where well, is this morning I had? <laughs> I have two two symmetrical eggs, exactly the same. <laughs> okay, with no po- with no possibility of conflict. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's time for us to go now because my my daily email from Farmers Only has arrived. So um, <laughs> I have I've spoken about this on the show, so but I, I when when me dot com came out and I managed to grab Scotty at me dot com, I thought that was a great thing to to be able to get Scotty at me dot com. But apparently, anybody in the world with the nickname Scotty um, believes they own it. And I get signed up to so many things. And one of the latest ones is Farmers Only. And there's lots of lovely ladies all over the US who think I'm a farmer who keep sending me their details now. Um, well, but I, think I cannot unsubscribe become... because as but soon that's... as I go to the website to unsubscribe, it's got a proxy on it saying I'm not in the US. I can't use this website. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Okay. This, this is, see, this is just too good. I think this needs to become a regular part of the show where you, 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 you basically show some of the proposed, uh, uh, farm gals who, who want to, to make hay with you and, uh, and we can vote on them. And do you know what my username is? Apparently what? cowboy four, seven, one. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've got a choice. At the moment, I can be choosing from far, far, ladies who like farmers. There's some strange Vietnamese um, uh, dating site that's on there as well. And um, I seem to be getting um, lots of people who want to be, uh, let's say, exple- my expletive buddy in my local area. <laughs> So you're you're both big in Duluth and huge in Hanoi. There we are. I have a worldwide reputation. Uh, and so with that, Drew, tell people where they can find out more about you and where they can find out more about Ensembles. Um, ensembles is ensembles.io. And in terms of myself, what's the best? Probably the, my company site, which is 
mentalfaculty.com. And all my products and things are on there. Everybody go by. Um, John. You can find me on Findery as John Fox. And you can find me on the Twitters as Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And you can find out all about my product, Memory Miner, at memoryminer.com. And my name is Scotty. You can find me on Twitter as MacDevNet. You can find the show notes for this show at iDeveloper.co, where you can also sign up and receive them by email if that is your thing. I promise there will be nothing about farming in it at all. Right. Okay. Uh, that's been fun, guys. Um, thank you very much for coming on, Drew. Thank you for being our first guest in uh, in a long time. Hopefully, we weren't too rude to you. So um, we look forward to uh, having you back for Ensembles Three in what a couple of weeks? <laughs> couple of weeks. Yeah. Shipping certainly before <laughs> Avtags Two ships. So. Ooh, oh dear! Oh dear! That was the first Avtag joke that's in a harsh. little while. But there we are. <laughs> But in fairness, I have to be careful because I've been sat on a, a product now which I'm um, since March that I had big plans for, and I have made it nowhere since March. So I, I'm I'm rapidly falling into Avtag territory. So I, I have to be a little bit careful. But John, you ship, you ship this week. You can you can mock as much as you like. I will, I will, I will add a photo and and a link to 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 to, to uh, for a little bit of fun in, in this week's show notes. You do that. Right, we'll be back next week. Um, no guests lined up at the moment because I'm not sure if we're going to go back to guests or just carry on with the uh, with the two of us, but we'll work it out as we go along. I'll tell you about my new job next week, John. There we are. I'll we'll do right. that as well uh, and, and some stuff I'm working on there. Uh, and thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, you take care. Thank you.